Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? It's Terry here with another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. And today's topic is about millionaires, specifically what we can learn from the findings from interviews of about 300 millionaires. So this podcast is mostly coming from a blog post, an article written by a um, the main author at esimoney.com. That's esimoney.com. I highly recommend you check out his site. He is a millionaire himself. Um, he's been writing about finance, uh, personal finances and investing and, and all the relating topics for quite a while now. And he's one of my number one favorite bloggers to follow in the personal finance space. And he, a while back, I don't remember exactly when, but a few years back, he started running a interview series where he would just interview millionaires that would offer um, their stories basically. So he kind of put up a little notice that he was you know, looking for millionaires to interview and they would just answer a series of questions he gave them and he would just create an article out of it. So he started like a mini series off of this and would just keep creating them as he received responses. And he's up to like 300 now. And it's a super, super cool series. Um, but he recently just published his 300th. And so he published a article basically summarizing his findings from 300 millionaire interviews. One notice is that, or one thing he uh, put as not like a disclaimer, but like he mentioned in the beginning of this summary article is that a lot of the core principles of how these people built their wealth are summarized the most in his original summary of the first 100 articles. So he's kind of been doing a summary after every 100 articles. So this third post doesn't have as much about um, the principles that he used. We'll dive into that article as well. But this one's more about the, the different statistics. So before we begin and kind of dive into the interesting little numbers and principles or how these millionaires did what they did, um, number one thing that struck me as really interesting is the, honestly, just the simplicity about how they built their wealth. They didn't overcomplicate it. And in full, like in, in all honesty, almost everything they did, you could probably learn in a few months, like the actual technical, technical actions they took, I guess is the best way to put it. You can learn the actual technical actions they took in a very short period of time, probably in like a, a playlist of YouTube videos. Um, for example, their investing strategy. It was more often very simple, like just investing in index funds and they just wouldn't day trade or try to flip stocks or do other really risky high return. Uh, they didn't chase um, get, getting rich quick. They just tried to keep it really simple and slow and steady, such as investing index funds, which a large majority of them did, or you know, rental properties and real estate. Um, and that's just one example of kind of the, the simplicity of, oh, we'll dive into the rest later, but this is kind of one example of the simplicity of what their strategy was. Now, I want to caveat this, but not saying, what I'm not saying is that everyone has the ability to become a millionaire in um, you know, a few months or in a, in a weekend as you watch a bunch of YouTube videos, even though some arguably might look like they made millions of dollars in a very short period of time. Um, what, I, what I am saying is that the, the technical, like 
you know, the strategy they used is very applicable and very realistic for the average person to be able to go out and do what they did and achieve very similar results, um, if not better, um, with fine tuning. And as we're extremely young people uh, approaching this as, as teenagers in high school and college students, uh, we've got even more time and the power of compounding on our side. So learning basically everything, everything that these um, middle-aged you know, people in halfway through their careers have done to reach very comfortable levels of um, financial freedom at our ages is a huge advantage. And so it's going to be even that much more powerful if we can basically understand what they did and actually apply it. And applying it is key because while the findings here are simple, they're not necessarily easy, meaning that our emotions can get in the way of us and we can often, I even find myself doing this sometimes, but we can often hear something that's truly powerful, like dollar cost averaging into just an index fund for 20 years could you know, make you a very handsome sum of money is simple, but not necessarily easy. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of patience. And so it's easy to hear things like that and be like, ah, I already know that. I'm going to try to become, but I'm going to try to figure out a way to become a millionaire even faster. Um, so that's one thing I want to caution us against is that even though a lot of these tips might sound old or like you've already heard them before, maybe reflect and ask yourself, well, are you actually doing them or are you actually putting them uh, into action? So uh, that point aside, that point aside, though, we can go ahead and dive into basically um, what I'll do is I'll pull up this most recent article, the the 300 or the stats from his last 300 interviews. And we'll go over that. And then we'll go into the summary article from his first 100 interviews and kind of look at the principles for what these people did. So in case you're curious, um, here are the numbers from 300 millionaire interviews. It looks like the average age was about 48 years old. Uh, 253 out of 300 were men, Bush in some sense. And the next set is uh, 263 out of 300 were married. So I guess it's kind of, my point there is that, uh, I don't know, I just considered married finances kind of one. Um, so out of the 253 of 300 that were men, I, I think that was just what he was primarily saying there was that the, it was the men who answered the interview, but I would also consider their spouses millionaires as well. That's just like the easiest one sentence way of trying to say what I was saying for like five minutes. But all that, all that aside, um, about on average, um, each interviewer had about two children their median net worth was $2.4 million. The average was 3.3. And the difference between the median and average is the median is basically if you had um, a number line from one through 10, um, I guess the median would be like five or five and a half, whatever the median of an even number is or even amount of numbers. But the average would be, um, gosh, the average would just be the sum divided by the number of, data points in some sense. I, I'm not going to try to explain math to you guys because I am no math professor myself, but if you're curious about what the difference between that average or the median are, uh, just look it up. Googling it would probably be <laughs> a way simpler way to understand this, but the average net worth was $2.4 million and the median was 3.3. So very comfortable levels of um, financial freedom. I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, I would say it's enough to live comfortably for several decades, but you would still have to exercise a lot of wisdom in how you manage the money or, you know, 
overspending and inflation could easily eat away a majority of that. And you might find yourself in a world of hurt um, in like several decades in the road, depending on how young you retire or if you even retire at all. Um, it's definitely a very handsome sum, but not necessarily one like, say, uh, Elon Musk's billionaire little status could let you just, you know, kick things back and, or, you know, kick your, kick back and kind of just relax in, in some sense. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very good sum. Um, the, house, the average household income was 345K and the median was 240,000. So uh, six figure range for sure. And this was interesting to me. The main, main income source was 280 out of the 300 worked a job or a career. And most of the other ones just owned a business or invested in real estate. So a large majority of these interviewees earned their, um, their wealth through incomes or like through just incomes from a job or a career, which is very interesting to me. Um, over half had some kind of side hustle with the most popular being real estate. The annual spending was um, 11 or 1,000, excuse me, 111,000 on average. 111, yeah, mix my words up, um, but about 90K in median. Um, and then there's a couple other interesting stats in here as well, but I won't uh, dive into all of them. If you're interested, uh, just check the description of this podcast and there should be a link to his article, which I highly recommend you checking out as well. Um, but with this stats aside, um, the average age is around 48. Um, 263 out of 300 were currently married at the time of the interview. Uh, the average I'll stick with median. The median net worth was 2.4 million and the median income was 240K. And the median uh, spending was about 90K a year. So uh, very respectable sums. But moving on to the summary of basically how these people did what they did, which is, I'm reading this from his original summary of the 100 millionaire interviews. Um, one little trick here for you to remember these tips is that in the name, in the blog name, ESI Money, it's the, it's the secret, basically. Um, the secret to how these people did what they did is in his name, in the blog's name, ESI Money. E standing for earning or earn. Um, S stands for save. And I stands for invest. So earn, save, invest, money. And that's a very simple way, like a very accurate acronym for the simplicity of what these people did to achieve what they have. And diving into the rest, though, uh, there was a very interesting line to me. He said in this article, I'm trying to find it real quick for you guys. Median millionaire spends about 90K a year while earning 250K in income, and which is an impressive 64% savings rate. So that's under his saving category of this ex explanation post. Um, and that's very similar to the numbers I mentioned in the previous article. Um, but it's, it's kind of obvious to see what's one of the most critical factors here. So um, it's very obvious that they're earning a significant amount of income and they're not spending it all. You might be kind of like, yeah, no duh. Um, but I will be the first to say, I've seen many people with very significant incomes who let lifestyle inflation creep into their lives and they have just as much savings, which is little to none, um, or they're in just as much financial hurt as someone with a quarter of their incomes or whatever it is, or the same, they're, they're in the same, they're running to the same financial issues and bad habits that they had 
at the beginning of their careers, even if they're making significantly more. Um, and, and that's just some, that's like human emotion and something that we've got to learn how to be more disciplined about when we start our careers is that the best time to build these type of financial habits is before, like before we're getting jobs, before we're, you know, launching ourselves into adulthood. It's at this age, like here and now, uh, at our ages is the best time to start doing these things. And that's why when my mom started, uh, having my siblings, my siblings and I doing chores around the house, we would earn like five bucks a week for, you know, several different chores. And that was probably one of the best things she, my, my, both my mom and dad could have ever done for me in teaching us basically the basics of, you know, financial discipline and earning money, saving money and investing money. Because I think back to those times and those activities she had us doing were all instrumental in inspiring my, my curiosity in the finance world and helping me build these habits. Because nowadays when a large and significant sum of money comes into, into play and drops into my bank account, I don't have the urge just to like spend it all or like, Ooh, you know, I've got like $2,000. What, what am I going to go blow this on? I'm going to buy like a new PC. I'm going to go like uh, put a down payment on a car or something, get like a new, a new car, um, which I've seen some of my peers do. And it's always maybe very sad for them um, knowing that that kind of lack of financial habits and discipline will put them in, into a world of hurt much later on in their careers if they're not careful. And we all have the mistake of thinking, oh, I'll start saving when I'm making you know, 50K a year or when I'm making 100K a year or when I'm making 200K a year or 250K a year, like these millionaires are. Like, you know, that's when I'll start saving. That's when I'll become a millionaire. But if you don't start it today, then you very likely won't start tomorrow or in the future when you think you will because there will always be that next new thing you could buy. Lifestyle inflation will just creep in. So the best way I can summarize basically what these millionaires did is that first off, they earned a significant income. I mean, like it's pretty self-explanatory and obvious that if you want to become a millionaire, you've got to be having money coming in. Like you can't necessarily become a millionaire on, you know, zero money, like zero money coming into your bank account. If you've got nothing coming in or, or you're spending uh, far more than you make, or yeah, if you've just got no income to begin with, then what's there to save, Right. So earning money is obviously very important. And I would say that's probably one of the most, one of the steps in the process that people focus the most on. They're always thinking like, how am I going to make a million dollars? Like how am I going to, you know, I'm going to go out there and like try to win the lottery or um, win the lottery in a different sense by throwing everything I have in like Dogecoin or, or Bitcoin or crypto or, or you know, GameStop stock or whatever it is. We're always looking for a way to try to like hack this part of the step um, of the steps. And it's, it's iffy. I would say they far more end up losing money or putting themselves in a worse, worse position than they were before by trying to rush the process than if they didn't. Um, but you also have to be aware that even for those who seemingly win the lottery, I would question how many quote unquote, both literally and figuratively win the lottery. Um, I would question how many of them actually their lives were significantly positively affected by that event. Um, I would, if I had to wager a guess, I would, I would guess that most probably lost um, significant amounts or if not all of the money um, they won from that windfall that happened, happened to them. Because most, even most of us make the mistake of thinking, 
you know, only if only I could have a couple million dollars just land in my lap today, I'd be set for life. But we don't realize that we don't have the financial discipline and habits and systems in place to actually manage that level of wealth well. Um, so a lot of it just slips through our fingers. That's in a very simple sense, one big issue a lot of winners run into and why we see the significant stat, or I don't know what the actual numbers are, but a significant amount or portion or percentage of lottery winners, like actual lottery winners, um, end up in the same or worse positions than they were when they won the lottery. And it can only take a few years. So it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. Look up the studies if you're interested. Um, but you know, that point aside, earning money is very obvious. You've got to have money coming in in order to save it. However, saving is also extremely critical. This is where a lot of people get tripped up. I mean, a lot of people. So these people are earning on, on average or the median are earning $250,000 a year, but then they're, they're spending nowhere near that amount. They're only spending $90,000 a year, which is honestly still pretty high. Um, I know I could definitely live on a lot less than that. However, I would question what kind of, I mean, one could live on say 28 a year, but you would have to say, you know, what would your quality of life be? So you need to find that balance between, you know, not living like a, like a, miser in a hut, but you're also not extravagantly spending. So there's, there's a balance to be there. And I would say, um, to, to be had there. And I would say that it's different for each individual and for each family. So I'm not going to really comment much on, on that, but the obvious thing we take away from this is that they're spending nowhere near the amount that they're making in income. And so they're saving on average about 64%, um, of their, of their incomes, which is very significant. And those savings aren't just sitting in their bank accounts in cash being you know, destroyed by inflation, but they're actually rolling them over into investments. And these investments are not trying to get them rich quick. They're not trying to put these in very speculative things that will just you know, turn, like, uh, turn into millions in a few months or by the end of the year. But in fact, they're just taking it simple. Now, now this is more or less on average for the whole data set millionaires. I'm sure there are some in there who have gotten um, significant results or very um, attractive results from, you know, a very lucky Bitcoin investment in, you know, 2010 or 2015. Uh, if they did, I would hope they would have the uh, skills they needed to manage it well and to profit from it properly. Um, but by and large, you're far more better off probability wise, just taking simple not trying to beat professional investors, not trying to beat the market, um, not trying to pick stocks one by one and think that you'll pick all the winners. And even if you do pick all the winners that you'll know how to you know, trade it properly and manage your emotions and the timing of it all, when to sell, when to buy, it's a vast world. And there's reasons that even the professionals, and, and, and there's a reason that even the professionals lose money um, in this game. And while, and why you know the vast majority of mutual funds end up Mutual funds, maybe even slash hedge funds. I don't know if they're, they're not quite interchangeable, but according to the studies, there's a lot of people out there who professionally manage funds and underperform the S&P 500. So even if, if they're getting it wrong on average, then I wouldn't expect us as an individual to, to be able to reliably create millions of dollars of wealth for, for ourselves um, out of stock trading. And now, of course, there are examples of people who have done it, but I would argue a lot more time and education went into that process than they would realize or admit. Um, 
if you're what <laughs> the picture I had in my head, it's just these, these cheesy gurus on the internet who are like, you know, buy my $50 stock trading course and become a millionaire in three years. Like I highly doubt that. Um, now I've watched plenty of the webinars. I've seen sat through plenty of the sales pitches myself. Um, I've kind like, I've not that I've fallen for it, but like I've, I've been in that world deeply myself. And I'm just telling you, I would highly, highly doubt it in reality. That's not quite how it works. So the, the simple takeaway we could take is that there's this little quote here from millionaire interview number 63. And it says, I'm no genius. I can't predict the markets and I don't enjoy following the market. For that reason, I use the VTSAX index, which I believe is just some kind of Vanguard index fund tracking like the S&P 500, if I had to wager a guess. He uses the VTSAX index fund for the majority, about 95% of our investments. I love the fund's low cost, 0.04% fee, uh, its diversification and simplicity. We do not have any bond allegations because when we turn 60, we'll receive pensions, I'm assuming from his company, of roughly about 50K combined. So you can see this guy is a, literally a millionaire himself and his, and his funds are currently invested about 95% into index funds. Like that is so simple. Like any of us of any age, honestly, um, maybe not a toddler, but you know, anyone listening to this podcast and understanding what I'm saying is of the age and has the ability to be able to set up any kind of brokerage account or almost any and put uh, even a couple dollars into the account and dump it into an index fund. And that takes, I and mean, you could do that in evening with virtually any sum of money. I mean, you know, the lowest I've seen in most brokerage, um, brokerages are about a dollar. Like you could put up to a dollar or like as little as a dollar into, uh, into a trade. And so like this just goes to show how simple this is. So if we can just figure out how to earn money properly, to earn the, the, you know, to become high income earners, you know, that's the higher income we have, obviously the easier it will be to save and to reach financial dependence, which is often a million plus level status. Um, but if we, if we figure out the earning piece of the puzzle, and then we have the financial discipline to save like we should, which is harder than you might think. And we also don't get in our own heads and try to speed up the game in an irrational manner and we just invest wisely and sooner or later you'll reach a couple million dollars and you'll be financially free and you'll have likely changed your family's uh, financial tree your family's family tree there's some perfect day ramsey quote i'm thinking of and i just completely butchered it i'm sorry anyways guys um that's basically my summary and my take on which is not really much of my take. It's just me rewarding um, Mr. ESI's um, articles, honestly. Um, so I highly recommend, I, I haven't done it nearly enough justice. I would highly recommend going to check out his site and specifically the articles I'll link to in the podcast description below. Uh, read through them yourselves, take some notes, and please apply them to your own lives. So hopefully this podcast helped. Uh, hopefully it got you inspired and thinking. And we will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.